Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Deidre Manis with ComCare of Sedgwick County. Welcome to Issues 2020. Did, Thank you, Steve. Did I pronounce your first name right? You got it right. Okay. Well, this is September Suicide Prevention Month, and suicide is our topic today. And your title is Program Manager Community Crisis Center. Could you give us some background on ComCare itself, just ComCare? Sure. So ComCare is the community mental health center for Sedgwick County. So every county in Kansas has their own community mental health center, um, which serves that county. And ComCare is um, the mental health center for Sedgwick County. So is ComCare, so, I'm sorry, is they, they funded entirely through the county? Do you get any other funds? Um, no, we, we do get other funds. Oh, so we our largest part of our funding is fee-for-service, which we get from insurance and um, self-pay for sliding scale fees. Um, we also get some state funding for those that are underinsured or uninsured. Um, and then we have some grants. And county funding is really just about under about 11%. Oh, is that right? Oh, I thought yeah. it was about 99%. Okay. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's under 11 Okay. Well, so how big, how big is the operation? I mean, uh, when it comes to Comcare, how many employees do you have? Um, we have about 400 employees employed at any one time but we have over 500 positions but i would say right now we have about 400 what kind of what kind of employees are they social workers or uh, i imagine there are just a wide variety of different types of workers I, I would guess there really is i mean it ranges from we've got um psychiatrists on staff so we have doctors um and then we have um licensed therapists we have nurses we have um case managers and then we have individuals that are um we it, there are peer support, so there are people with lived experience with mental illness. Um, we're very fortunate to have them here working and connecting with our people as well. Well, have, here's a question: Do you have any volunteers? Does anybody volunteer to help out with ComCare? We do have some volunteers that come in. Um, we have a lot of people. We get a lot of donations, clothing, um, hygiene supplies, and those kinds of things. But majority of them are donations or those kinds of things, not so much volunteering in the programs, but we're always open to that. <laughs> so what, what about uh, the physical facilities with that many people? You've got to have more than one building with three offices in it. I mean, you've got to have some facilities, right? We do. We actually have seven different locations um, throughout Sedgwick County. So they're kind of strategically placed um, within Wichita based on what population they're serving. So like our homeless program they're they're based out of downtown and our crisis program is downtown as well um so that people have easy access to services so that makes sense it certainly does now 
Uh, we want to get to the topic at hand today after the background. Can you give us some uh, facts and figures on suicide? Uh, describe the, uh, the problem size on a national scale as well. What are the facts and figures here? Yeah, so suicide is the 10th leading cause of death. So I always think that's pretty eye-opening um, to think about all the different things that um, people can die from, suicide being the 10th leading cause of death in national um, in 2018, we lost 48,344 Americans to suicide. Um, and that's not even counting. So in 2018, we also had 1.4 million suicide attempts. Um, Are those, is that the latest uh, numbers, I mean, available then to 2018? Yeah, unfortunately, we're usually nationally, we're about a year behind. Um, so 2018 are the numbers that I have available right now. Mm-hmm. Um, locally, I have some more recent well, numbers. Tell, tell us about locally. Well, tell me tell me what's going on there. So in 2019, we had 96 deaths by suicide, um, which was a little bit of a decrease from the year before. Um, in 2018, we had 101. So there, do you see any trends other than, the, you know, that doesn't sound like that's a trend. It's just a little bit of a deviation from one year to the next. But are you seeing any trends that prepare to the last four or five years? Is it? Can you tell me that? Um, our numbers really have risen over the last couple of years, but we did see a decrease. Um, I can't say the exact year, but we saw a decrease in, I think it was 2017. Um, but then they have gone up, but then we saw a decrease this year. So we're hopeful that 2020 will hopefully bring us another decrease. Well, again, uh, just uh, for review, how many did you say we had last year in Cedric County in 2019? In 19, we had uh, 96. 96, okay. Well, now, who is most likely uh, to commit suicide, to take their own life? So our statistics would show it's middle-aged white men. Um, they continue to be our highest population. Um, I'm always hesitant to say that they are the most likely because, I think every I think it's good for us to always keep in mind that everybody is at risk of suicide, um, and not just narrow it in on one population because we'll miss people. If we only look for those middle aged white men, we're going to miss a lot of people that are also at risk. Yeah, so you're not going to narrow that down to one demographic. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're looking at all ages. Then what do you think of what would be the youngest person? Uh, that would be tragic. But what would be the youngest person you think? Do you know? I don't, I don't know that information, oh, okay. but I would, again, I would say anybody is yeah. at risk. Obviously, we see kids and teens as well. But you know what? I've, I've been doing uh, this program for, well, many years and uh, done a few programs on suicide. And you know what? It seems to me that over the years, the demographic you mentioned has pretty much been the uh, most common in that, in that male uh, demographic in the, in the 50s or whatever or older. Yes, and that's pretty, I mean, that's locally, but that's consistent also with national data, um, middle-aged white men. So Sedgwick County is pretty, um, we're in line with what nationally we're seeing as well, demographically. I know, but is anybody saying why? Or, I mean, can, can we, are there certain forces that are, you know, I'm, I'm past that demographic a little bit, I'm older, but are there forces at work as far as work and, and things like that, or health, or do you know? We get that question a lot, the why. Um, why? And I think the statistically, when we get the statistics, unfortunately, it it does sometimes give us more questions than answers. Um, But we really work here in Sedgwick County locally. We work 
really closely with the Forensic Science Center to see if we can get more data so we can answer that question why um, more accurately. Um, you know, we see there's legal struggles, there's jobs, you know, it's just a variety of things that's going on in those, that person's life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so we, we are working with them to try to answer that question better, but it, unfortunately it just leaves us more questions than answers sometimes. What you, I'm going to sidetrack for just a little bit. Uh, what about uh, anxiety, depression? Uh, obviously, that's, those have to be a factor. I'm, I'm not sure I know the difference between anxiety and depression, but could you give us a little something on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, anxiety and depression both can impact somebody's mental health and impact their, um, or increase their risk of suicide at any point in time. Um, not to say that every person that's depressed is, is suicidal, but um, it definitely can be a factor in that. You know, you're talking about people are listening to you right now and, and listening to us do this program. And I know there are people that say, you know, I've had some dark moments in my life, but I'm not sure I would know the difference between anxiety and depression. Um, I guess if there's a question, you need to call somebody and, and get some help then. Uh. Absolutely. And I think that's what we, we work to do is to break that stigma down and to open up that, you know, if you are experiencing any of those things, it's okay to reach out for help. Um, because it is hard, you know, especially in that moment, like it's hard to, to identify what that is that you're feeling and what that anxiety is. Um, and so being able to reach out and it's, it's being okay with that. Is there really a stigma about this? I mean, I've heard that over the years, but is there really a stigma about people who ask for help? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that there, there's, there's also a huge stigma around suicide. You know, you don't talk about it. It's, it's the wrong way to think. Um, and so I think that a lot of times people don't want to admit that they're having those thoughts um, because of fear of being judged or looking weak, especially with that middle-aged white men, um, not wanting to talk about it. Deidre, these are tough times, no doubt about it. Uh, has, has this pandemic and or the, the bad economy, does it have any impact on the numbers or, or can we tell? We haven't really been able to tell. So our 2020 data is still preliminary. Um, but overall, as we look at the data, um, suicide deaths are down for 2020. Um, however, when we look at it broke down by month, um, our highest numbers were in March and May this year. So <clears throat> it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, but overall, our numbers are down, which is, a good, which is good news. What is the most common uh, method of suicide? Gunshot. And then that's followed by hanging or asphyxiation. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations. And our guest is Deidre Manis with ComCare of Sedgwick County. And uh, before we go any further, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Are you a, a psychiatrist, a social worker? What, what, what are your, uh, what's your background? Where do you come I'm from? I'm a social worker. Social I'm a worker. Licensed, licensed specialist clinical social worker. Um, and I've been with ComCare now for seven years, um, but I've been working in mental health for probably close to 13 years. Okay. Are there, now, are there signs to look for when a person is considering taking their life, their own life? Absolutely. So there's multiple different things that you can look for. Um, there's the, the talk, the mentioning of no reason to live, um, the obvious mentioning wanting to kill themselves, feeling trapped, 
feel like they can't get out. They feel like they're stuck in their situation. Um, behavior, <clears throat> you might see increased drug and alcohol use. You might see them isolating from family. Um, sleep is usually impacted. They're sleeping too much or they're not sleeping enough. Um, withdrawing from activities. Um, one thing I see a lot of is they're not really interested in things that they used to be interested in, especially with kids. You know, they used to love to go play baseball. They, they're not interested in that anymore. You know, they've kind of lost that. Mm -hmm. um, their mood might be depressed. You might notice that they have a lot more irritability, rage. Um, I think sometimes we think about suicide, we think about them being sad or depressed when sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes you might see an increase in irritability and anger in that um, or feeling like they are a burden on everybody else in their life. So somebody's an outgoing, gregarious, uh, life of the party person, and then suddenly you notice that they're, they're kind of quiet. Maybe you should ask a few questions. What, what, what should we do if we see these signs, Deidre? Absolutely. you got to take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't be afraid to ask that question. Um, I guess the you know, thing they're going to say is yes or no. And if they say no, then... That's okay. That's good that they're not having those thoughts. Are there ways that you can help them in another way? Or um, that also tells that person that you're a safe person to talk to if they ever do have those thoughts. Um, so we have to talk openly about this. We have to make it a comfortable conversation. And, uh, <laughs> uh, if you get to the point where it's a, it's a crucial, I know there are at least, I know at least one uh, prevention hotline here in the county, and it's a national one, I guess, too. If I remember properly, could you give us those those numbers, Deidre? Yeah. So our local number for um, ComCare's suicide prevention hotline is 660-7500. Okay. And then the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-TALK. What kind of what kind of help is available through ComCare? What can you do for somebody who's in this situation? We have, um, so our crisis program, we're actually a 24-7 program. So we're open 365 days of the year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we have therapists on site that are here at 3 a.m. on Christmas morning. Um, if somebody wants to talk to somebody, you don't have to be open to calm care services. You don't have to have ever been here before, but you can walk in our building and talk to somebody. And our, our building's at 635 North Main. Um, you can also call that hotline number and talk to somebody over the phone. Um, we have people call. We get um, anywhere from thirty to 40,000 calls in a year. Um, and Good. Well, then after they, they seek uh, your help and you, you're con and get in contact with you, do they, you get them into the proper therapy with a the proper person? Uh, what happens next? Yeah. So, I mean, we... We'll help that individual work through whatever crisis they're experiencing um, and then, you know, refer them on to whether it be therapy or medications or um, maybe just their natural supports. Maybe their family is sufficient for them to get through what they're going through. Um, it's very individualized. It's what that person needs. Um, but ComCare also provides outpatient services as well for children and adults, right. um, therapy, medications, community-based services. You know, the, the holidays are coming up. <laughs> Do you believe it? Yes. The holidays are <laughs> on the way. And I, I've, I've always heard that when you get around the holidays, I'm talking about basically what Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a spike in, in suicide at that time, but uh, it seems like there's more depression going around. Are there spikes around the holiday in the numbers? We have not seen that, actually. <clears throat> um, 
we do see after the holidays sometimes that there is a little bit of a spike in people accessing services. Um, but as far as during the holidays, no, we actually have not seen that. Um, what is the most, uh, one most important thing to remember when we talk about suicide prevention? What's the most important thing, Deidre? In my opinion, I think that the most important thing is that we tear down the stigma and be open to having that conversation and make it a topic that's okay to discuss. Um, letting people know that if you're having those thoughts, that to tell somebody and to talk about it. All right. Let's let's talk for a minute about uh, some other comp care services, if we can. Uh, sure. Your mental health services for all ages. I think you briefly mentioned that, but that can start for as young as, I don't know, probably a, a youngster in grade school, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. What, what can you tell us about that? Absolutely. We see anybody at any age. Um, I can say here at our crisis center, we've seen um, as young as three years old um, and as old as, you know, we can go up as far as we want to go. Um, we see anybody, regardless of their age, ability to pay or anything. We're not talking about just suicide now. We're talking about, right, Other there are other mental problems that people need some some help with as well, right? Sure, absolutely. Then what are the other things? Anxiety, depression, are there others than that then? Absolutely. Anxiety, depression, psychosis, you know, mood instability. Um, with children, you might see some, some acting out behaviors because that's what a lot of times, that's how children's mental health is um, expressed, is out of anger or behavioral problems. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we can treat all of that. You, you also work on uh, addiction treatment. Is that true? Yeah. So we have two different options. We have our in our crisis program um, at 635 North Main, we actually have a detox and sobering unit in our building. So if somebody, <clears throat> mental health and addiction go hand in hand, as many of us are aware of. Um, and so we have that on site if, if somebody might want to, to, to start that program. And then we also have our outpatient addictions program, which provides that outpatient substance use treatment, the therapy um, services and group, group and individual therapy. Now I'm going to ask you a question about uh, addiction as, as it is. Of course, alcohol is, is right up there, I'm sure. But uh, when I talk to our law enforcement people in Sedgwick County, they mention meth as a, as a big problem. Uh, is there, is there any specific problem that's worse than others like meth or some other form or opioids, anything like that? Or, or is it just a wide variety that you look at? It really is a wide variety and we will treat any, um, any kind of substance use here. Um, but meth is definitely, um, and opiates are probably the thing that we see the most. And, uh, effectively treating that, I imagine that's kind of difficult sometimes as getting people back on track. It can be difficult. I think the the thing is that we're not going to give up on the person. So if they come here once, um, they don't want that treatment yet, they're not ready, that's okay. They can come back. And we're not going to judge somebody because they've been here too many times. So sometimes it doesn't work the first time. We'll be here the second and third time if we need to be. What about families, getting families involved in, in what you're doing? Is Do you, do you help out families? On, at yeah, so we, we work really closely with NAMI the National Alliance for Mentally Ill, and they have great family support groups available, education for family members, um, and just some support. I've, mental illness doesn't just impact, mental illness and substance use does not just impact that person. You know, it has a ripple effect on the whole family and, and that person's network. You know, I mentioned uh, law enforcement because I, because I do, from time to time, interview uh, 
the police chief uh, and the Sedgwick County Sheriff. And the thing that they're, they're talking about, about right now, and I, we can see this, I think, on a national scale uh, in, in anecdotal stories, but the police and the law enforcement officers are encountering people on the streets who probably should be getting help from Comcare or, or some sort of institution. They're, they're encountering a lot of people with mental disorders, and it's making for some really challenging situations. Would you want to care to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so our, I mean, our law enforcement are the front line of some of these um, individuals, and we have um, law enforcement brings folks to us here at our crisis center every day, all day. Um, it's a great place for them to be able to get that person connected to the help that they need. I, I know they're having a, they've got these special teams they've set up in with the police department, where they'll send out a, you know, a social worker or some sort of help person like that with the police on certain calls. Is Comcare in, involved in that? Are your people going on those calls? Yeah, so we have our, a partnership with WPD and Sedgwick County EMS called our ICT-1 team. And so that makes uh, it's made up of a PD officer and a paramedic and our, one of our social workers. And so they're on a team. They are responding to 911 calls that are mental health related. They're taking calls directly from our crisis center. Um and being able to meet those individuals where they're at in the community. You know, I'm looking at some of these uh, problems we've had with the uh, police and people being being killed and whatnot, and a lot of times when you, they start to dig a little deeper, there's more to it than just uh, somebody showing up and, and, and doing something nasty. That These people have, some of them have some, some real history. And I know you've got <laughs> some people who just go back over and over and over again to get treatment, and but... Uh, uh, it looks like Wichita and Sedgwick County, as far as the, the teams we're talking about, uh, has, we're a couple of three or four years ahead of some people, maybe more. Yeah, it's a great it's a great addition to our community. It's been needed. It, you know, we could use, we have one team right now, but we could use multiple. Um, and that's our hope is that we're able to grow that program because there's still more work out there um, than just one team can handle. Couple, what are the biggest challenges involved in, in your work, Deidre? What's the toughest thing about it? I think, as I have discussed, I think the stigma that still exists about mental health and suicide, I think that's, that's, the, that's the hardest thing. Um, it should be talked about just like any other illness, just like any other medical illness that we're, we're experiencing. Um, but we continue. We'll continue to fight the stigma and provide as much education to others and do interviews like this so that we can provide the information to the community um, and increase people's comfort on how to talk about this. Well, what's a good thing about your job? Other than you get to talk to people like me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I think the favorite, my favorite part about my job is that I'm, we're able to provide that one option to the community for people to provide hope to individuals um, at potentially the lowest part of their, part of their life. Um, we're very fortunate here to have this available, and I'm glad to be a part of it. And you have, you have success stories. It's not all, it's not all uh, negative. You've got success stories. You have success with people, correct? Absolutely. We save lives every day. Um, and that's, that's, that's the most rewarding thing that we could have here. Very rewarding. Quick personal yes. question. I, I, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. This is the part where I ask people personal questions. Okay. okay. Where are you from? Where's your home? Uh, originally, I am from Illinois. From Illinois. Okay. Yes. Well, how did so you... I moved here to go to college. Um, and then I met my husband, who is from Valley Center here in Kansas, or here in Wichita. Yeah. And 
um, we've lived here since. So you think you like it here? You're going to stay a while? What do you think? I, I think I'll be here for a while. <laughs> All right. Now, when you were a little kid back there in, uh, in your hometown, what did you dream of becoming when you grow up? Um, you know, I originally, I wanted to be an accountant, um, interestingly <laughs> enough, yeah, you're kidding um, me. <laughs> okay. but then that quickly changed as I matured and realized, um, how much of a passion I had for this population. I had suicide affect my life when I was in high school, um, with a friend's family members. And I, I pretty instantly knew that I wanted to be part of the solution for that. Uh, that's good motivation. Hey, thanks for taking some time with us this morning. Again, the suicide prevention or the hotline here in Sedgwick County, 660-7500. And uh, best of luck to you in as we deal with this situation. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. We really appreciate it, Deidre. All right. Thank you, Steve. Our guest is Deidre Manis with ComCare of Sedgwick County talking about suicide today. That's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 